Hi, I'm Jane Stahl, retired high school English teacher and director of community relations at Studio B Fine Art Gallery in Boyertown, Pennsylvania. And this is the Be Inspired podcast. My guests and I hope that in the few minutes you spend with us, you'll be surprised and delighted to meet someone new, become aware of projects going on in your neighborhood, and maybe entertain a new way to look at the world. Look, we all need to keep our spirits up in these challenging times, and I can't think of a better way to lift up our spirits than to meet interesting, passionate folks and learn about what they're doing to make life better for all of us. And so, join me now for the Be Inspired podcast. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for, and no religion too. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You, you may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Yep. Powerful words, a lovely dream from John Lennon's Imagine. You may say I'm a dreamer and it's true, but I've been called worse. Welcome, be inspired audience. It's just me today. Uh, Currently, it's a little more difficult getting together with friends as the virus continues to keep us locked down. And I don't mind staying safe in my house and chatting with you just all by myself. So today, you got me. Watching the news these days, all sorts of channels, Fox, MSNBC, CNN, the political pundits, reading Facebook feeds. I thought a lot about John Lennon's lyrics lately. What if we could see others as friends, as equals, brothers and sisters, not competing, but sharing, caring? What if we could recognize that we are all the same, in wanting safety and health and opportunity to use our unique gifts. Each of us, no matter where we came from, what we looked like, or what we believed. What if we could recognize that we're all different, genetically, physically, right down to our individual chemical makeup, different mentally, in our innate skills, styles, and abilities to understand and learn. 
different emotionally in our reactions to stress and pressure, for example, recognizing that we come from very different circumstances that have colored our perceptions and influenced our reactions. We're the same and uniquely different. What if when our reactions are unhealthy or destructive to ourselves or others, rather than accuse and blame and shame, we really tried to listen to each other, to understand one another's feelings and intentions, to imagine one another's circumstances with a desire to help nurture and heal, encourage and teach, rather than judge, blame, reject, or shame. Here's the thing. I'm confused a lot these days. Our current politics provides a window into what we are really becoming as a nation, as groups within this nation, as individuals in our established communities. My head is spinning Our national behavior does not match my expectations of who I thought we were, or more important, who we wanted to be. Disappointed doesn't begin to describe my feelings about what I see as our national character wanting to be. Not that I didn't recognize the dark side of our humanity. I'm a literature major after all, and I loved all sorts of TV programs and films. But what I failed to recognize seems to be the desire to embrace the ugliness, to encourage it in others, to take pride and joy in the hate and the hurt resulting from it. I don't get that at all. I don't understand what some call a cult of personality that has developed in the country. I'm incredulous at the number and the content of existing conspiracy theories and the inability to determine what is factual, what is truth. I found myself shouting at the TV, you believe what? You doubt what? People I once respected and called friends have removed what appears to have been their masks of civility, tolerance, and goodwill. And frankly, I don't know where to go with these relationships that I once valued. I'm often happy to be locked down here at home. I don't trust myself sometimes to respond kindly to some of the prevailing attitudes and opinions of some folks in my Facebook network, for example. Now, there's a lot of opinion that suggests that fear is at the center of much of the motivation of white supremacy, racism, bigotry, misogyny, homophobia, that has resulted in recent violence across the nation. And I have to be honest, I'm desperate to understand what's happening, and what folks are thinking and feeling. 
There's just so much distrust, so much defensiveness, so much aggression. Is it based on fear? If so, it's very sad because a cure for this particular virus of fear seems impossible to address. Addressing it even among folks in our personal circles of influence is overwhelming. Fear is fiercely powerful, hard to debate. There's nothing to fear because you can't prove a negative. Is it fear? And if it is, what's behind the fear? What's behind your fears? Can we talk about it? Sort things out? Attempt an understanding of the problem that will lead us to some kind of amelioration? Because it said you can't fix a problem until you know what it is. I admit the sources of our fears are complicated. But what if it's not fear? Every day and every first day, rather, of, the, of, of my classes, I wrote on the whiteboard, perception creates reality. And I explained to them that if they saw me as some old lady English teacher who, <laughs> well, some old lady English teacher who was boring and didn't know very much about real life, they'd pay very little attention to me. If that was their perception, they wouldn't get very much out of what I'd hoped to share with them during our time together. But if they saw me as a woman of some experience who uh, had some insight and information that might be valuable to them, if they had that perception of me, the reality was that they'd pay attention and they'd try hard to understand what I was trying to share with them perception creates our reality. And I've heard that more and more on TV news these days. And I wonder, <laughs> to be honest, I wonder if my students ever remember me and ever remember our discussion about that, uh, that phrase, perception creates reality. Anyway, is our perception the problem? Is the problem a misunderstanding a wrong perception of what life is. Is life what they call a zero-sum game? Is there, for example, a finite amount of respect or love or opportunity to go around so that I must fight or hoard what I have to make sure my pile is not diminished? Is it that I can't afford to give you respect because that means there's less for me? Now, I don't see life that way, at least those kinds of things, love, respect, opportunity in that way. Do you? Because it seems that some people seem to think that life is a zero-sum game, that there's n that love doesn't beget more love, that respect doesn't beget more respect. That opportunity, if I give it to you, will mean less for me. Anyway, so if life is a zero-sum game, are we afraid of losing our position, a position which, which gives us safety, power, privilege, 
Advantage is not the basis of our fear. A misunderstanding, perhaps, of what certain aspects of life are about. Will I have less if I give you more? Or even equal amounts of respect, love, and opportunity? Maybe if one looked at life differently, recognizing that the amount of respect and love and opportunity, for example, are not finite, but unlimited. Maybe if we believed that the more you give, the more you get. If you believed that, maybe our approaches to others would be different and nicer, better, healthier, more constructive. Or is our problem something else? Do we fear losing the fun of watching others suffer? I have to tell you, sometimes I think I see a gleam in the eyes of folks who proudly hold their, what, AK-15s, their guns and their rifles. They look kind of happy in their sport of intimidation in creating fear in the eyes of others, those others of us who are unarmed. Are some really entertained by the suffering of others? Sadly, sometimes I think that's true. Or is it more a feeling of relief that they are not the weak, the weak ones? Do some enjoy feeling better than, not less than? I think some are afraid of being taken advantage of, again, losing power, control, position, and advantage. And I have to understand that some of that fear is real and understandable. There are deranged and damaged elements in our society that require us to protect ourselves and what we possess. But I'm afraid there are also some who rationalize this particular fear and call it something else. Are they denying others out of a perceived sense of justice or fairness thinking that some folks might not work as hard as they do, that some folks gain an advantage for relatively little effort or no effort on their part? Are they afraid that others will get something more than they get, more money, more respect, more opportunity? Sometimes I think that today's four-letter F word is the word fair, as in it's not fair. Or do we sometimes punish those who behave badly and then generalize that all of those folks in that category behave badly and therefore none deserve respect, love, or opportunity without their proving their worth first, like they're guilty without proof. They're prejudged. Yep, it's complicated. And perhaps, perhaps that's the only place of real agreement. Perhaps agreeing that we react too soon, that we judge too readily, that we assume 
the worst generalize unfairly and fail to listen carefully is where we must all begin. And let me repeat that. Perhaps we can agree simply that we sometimes react too soon, judge too readily, assume the worst and then generalize unfairly and foremost fail to listen carefully. Perhaps agreeing that we do that sometimes is where we can begin to heal and move forward. And maybe that assumption is where I go from here. Maybe I'm allowed to set a personal boundary that requires those folks I invite to my friendship circle agree to slow down a bit, to hold their prejudices, to look for the positive, to avoid assumptions and listen to understand what's required. Imagination, (laughs) back to John Lennon again, and a change of heart, a willingness to ourselves be vulnerable, to risk, to see what happens when we freely give others some of what we have, real equality, real understanding of their circumstances, their feelings and their motivations for their sometimes less than desirable actions. Required is an intention to help, to address our fears and to substitute them with a recognition of the benefits of this change of heart, the benefits of not trying so hard to be ahead of the other guy, of not having more than we need, of not grabbing as much as we can get. After all, do those who die with the most toys really win? Perhaps the benefits of forgiveness and offering honest help where we can need to be better understood along with the benefits of adopting a non-judgmental position, the benefits of refusing to blame and criticize. We need to understand the benefits of reaching out to understand someone else's intentions and experiences. It's true, as you've already... (laughs) Known, I'm a dreamer, imagining all the people living today, nothing to kill or die for, living life in peace, no desperate clawing for possessions, no need for fear or hunger, imagining a brotherhood, a sisterhood, sharing all the world as one. It is a dream, always been mine and certainly not one I'll live to see, and not even one perhaps that is ever possible given human nature. Yet, as I said, I really thought we were moving in that direction. Today, 
I'm not quite so sure. And so I'll call out for your inspiration and a reminder in you that there are men and women of courage, of honor, those who worship the right and the light. I will pledge today to try each day to live in the kind of peace imagined by John Lennon, and I hope you'll join me as best you can, encouraging and inspiring one another. We can dream together, holding hands and sticking together, just as we'd learned in kindergarten. And please, reach out. Email me, text me. Let's have a conversation. I really miss the company of my friends. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Be Inspired, and I hope to get together and see you all soon. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Be Inspired podcast. If you enjoyed the Be Inspired podcast, please subscribe to be notified of new episodes. This podcast can be found on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Anchor, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to podcasts. And we welcome you to suggest people, projects, and perceptions that inspire you. What the world needs now is inspiration. Contact me, Jane Stahl, at studiobbb.org or stop by Studio B. More information can be found in the episode notes. We are eager to meet you and learn what it is you love. This is the end of today's episode, and I hope you find your way today to be inspired.